This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, December 10th, this is how we do it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a proud member of the 20th worst-behaved college football fan base in America, Jerem Jordan. It's only 20th? Wow. Uh, Playmission.com, whatever that is, says BYU fans are the 20th rudest in the nation. Worst behavior uh, is arrogant. <clears throat> think they are better. I think we know we're better. So, uh, no, that's funny. Number, Number one on the list is Alabama. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to see if there's anybody interesting on it. Duke is 13th for college football? No. That's way off. Basketball, number one. Yeah. yeah, how does Ohio State not end up in the top 25 of worst-behaved fan bases in a Michigan poll? Oh, wait, they did. They're number two. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 17 is Arizona. Use foul language. Everyone uses foul language. What are you talking about? Yeah, it, it, BYU's ahead of Texas. Arrogant, think they're better. Are you serious? Come on, BYU's now. nowhere close to Texas. Well, it's arrogance. because BYU has beaten up on Texas, and we have T-shirts that remind us of BYU's dominance over Texas. So maybe that factored into it. Singular T-shirt. <laughs> Are there multiple? I'm disappointed. It's only number twenty. We got work to do. Here's your show lineup featuring Cougar a few, is on it. featuring a few other rankings we're proud of. And some new bracket projections that are equally impressive. Where do the ESPN bracketologists have both BYU men's and women's basketball in their latest rundowns? Plus, would extending Kalani Satake's contract as the head coach at BYU rank as the biggest win of the year for BYU football? We'll discuss. And don't forget a one-on-one with BYU All-American offensive lineman Clark Barrington. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 24 men's basketball plays Creighton tomorrow in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Coverage begins on Cougar Pregame Live, BYU Radio, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. The game's at noon, also on FS1. And join us on Twitter Spaces via BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Spencer's busy, so I got it with uh, Jimmer and Tyler after the game's over on Twitter. Twitter spaces. So basically, you just go to Twitter. You'll see it in the upper left. Join the convo. Hang out with us. Top two scorers in BYU basketball history. Not bad. You know what? Why wait? Let's get to those bracketology projections we just mentioned. The BYU men currently a six seed, according to Joe Lenardi of ESPN, and would face number 11 Louisville in the opening round. A six seed. That's becoming the new normal for a Mark Pope team in Provo. Jerem, how about those women? Number 16 in the country plays uh, Oklahoma today, 7 Eastern. BYU's 8-0, enjoying its highest-ranking school history, 4-0 versus uh, you know P5 teams. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Tough one at Oklahoma for sure. 8-1. Tough for Oklahoma, yeah. Receiving votes. Yeah, it's a big game. They're the unranked team. BYU's the ranked team. Let's go. 11-seeded BYU women's volleyball loses in a heartbreaking fashion in the Sweet 16 yesterday, ending their season in a five-set extra points loss to number six seed Purdue. BYU held a 14-10 lead in the fifth set. Remember, it's first to 15. They had five match points. Couldn't close the deal. Regardless, an incredible season, 30-2 overall, another WCC title, just a tough ending. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there should have been a little more there, but uh, incredible season by the women's volleyball team. They were so fun to watch. For the second time this season, Zach Wilson's the rookie of the week. He'll face off against Taysom Hill and the Saints on Sunday, by the way. 
Is this the first BYU on BYU quarterback matchup since Ty Demers versus Steve Young? Did Jim McMahon ever play? Jim McMahon played Steve against Young? Mark just, Wilson. Against Mark Wilson. So maybe I, just a handful of times it's ever happened in BYU history. I'm not exactly sure, but that's that's big time. Not often. Did Both you? Kalani Satake, uh, you know, coached players. Yeah. As well. Bronco for Taysom too. Very interesting. Yeah. And I think maybe Jim McMahon in his later days as a backup against uh, – yeah, I'm not talking about backup. Just like starting head to head. Yeah, yeah it just hasn't happened. Yeah, and that's what I'm furthering the point. Like, their teams have played against each other, but it's been starting quarterbacks been very rare. Rare. Probably the first since Ty and Steve. In yeah. The 90s. Pretty cool. Other Cougars in the NFL include Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Las Vegas Raiders and Matt Bushman. Jamal Williams, who, by the way, is an Art Rooney Sportsmanship. Of the year award nominee and his Detroit Lions, they face the Denver Broncos. Fred Warner and Kai Nakua travel with the San Francisco 49ers to Cincy for a showdown with the Bengals. Whitney Orton was named the 2022, uh, they've already just jumped to next year, uh, Honda Sport Award winner for cross country. The award recognizes the top women's athletes in 12 NCAA sanctioned sports. Yours not even over yet, they're just going right to the next year. Well, let's project out. She's awesome. Is it like we'll a continue. car? Or like a video game Maybe where you just so. go to the next year? Maybe so. Yeah. We're, we're in December, right? We are. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group serving Utah since 1968. We are discussing the biggest, boldest, baddest win of the season for BYU football. We all know 2021 has produced some epic wins and accomplishments for the BYU football team and all of BYU athletics, really. But for the sake of compartmentalizing, let's stick with football, who was on the verge of winning 11 games in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 2006-2007. The Cougars ended a nine-game losing streak to Utah, 6-1 and one against Power 5 teams, won a de facto Pac-12 South Championship, we hung a banner, and BYU got invited to the Big 12. But now, Jerem, they need to secure something Maybe even grander. Would extending the, Kalani the Independence Satake, Bowl. Would extending Kalani Satake as the head coach of BYU football be the biggest win of the year for the Cougars? No. It'd be uh it'd be pretty big, but the Big Twelve is bigger than any one individual. That invite was the biggest win of the year. And then uh then it kind of comes down to whether beating Utah is a bigger deal. I th- if you're talking about the future. Okay, yeah, it'd be Kalani, right? Um, the Utah game happened. It was awesome. It was incredible. What an amazing way to end that and part of an amazing season for BYU. But moving forward, if you want to kind of keep uh, this going, and there's no guarantees that it's going to be at this level, but hopefully it is, yeah, you got to sign up Kalani Stocky. So it's a huge deal. And the fact that there's, like, no smoke coming out of Eugene, no, Kalani's coming back. It just feels like a matter of time. Um, slash, he's already contracted, but like, will if Chip Kelly goes to Oregon, will what if UCLA does open UCLA up? sway him? BYU's better gig than UCLA right now, um, and typically is. Uh, you know, the idea of UCLA is fun. The, the last thing Kalani wants West to do is. is go yep. coach the most overrated college football team in America for the last thirty years. If Chip Kelly goes, even Chip couldn't. He couldn't handle it. No one can. Who has? No one's done anything at UCLA. Yeah, um, the idea of that is, yeah, that's fun. Um, and if you just, yeah, he's already turned down UCLA, DC, you know, a couple of years ago, four years ago. So, yeah, it, it'd be a huge win. Um, is it bigger than the Big 12? No. Is it bigger than Utah? I don't know. That's a fun combo. Whatever. Yes, no, I don't, sure. Uh, 
secure Kalani and you secure what feels like a really, really bright future right now. The operative word is big win, and it is the Big 12. Because it matters for all of BYU athletics, this isn't just a BYU football thing. But even if it were only BYU football, if it were a football-only invitation to the Big 12, even that would still rank as the biggest win for the Cougars on the football side of things. But it's all sports. It, it just carries so many lasting ramifications that will help BYU for decades to come, starting with the financial benefit of being in a Power 5 conference. Now BYU's in the big boys club. So that is the biggest win. But if BYU didn't extend Kalani Satake's contract, transitioning into the Big 12 then becomes a chaotic venture and something that would set BYU and the football team back a few years, a number of years, because now you're scrambling to find a coach in a very, very limited pool, get them up to speed on everything that's going on. And oh, by the way, in 2023, you got to face eight or nine Big 12 teams, and we expect you to win at least eight games because BYU fans, like every other fan base in America of a high level team, a high level program, are impatient. Like, win now. Like, we got to win now. That would set them back huge. So it's kind of like, hey, the Big 12, BYU got their new house. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. It's being being built. It's right. It's being built. Not done. Losing Kalani Satake would be like, uh, there are significant cracks in the foundation. We're going to have to go back and relay the foundation, and it's going to be a huge problem moving what forward. What is this, Salt Lake Temple? It's going to be really expensive. Yeah, but that no, I'm, I, whether it's a car or it's a house, it's a good analogy because the house is being built. It's going to be fantastic. It's the dream home. But if Kalani were not to be extended, then there are problems within the foundation, and it's going to get expensive and chaotic and messy, and it's going to be just a nightmare. Uh, unless there was someone sitting there that we were like, oh, they're obviously the next guy. But there isn't. There, there's not, right? Um, there, there would be good candidates out there, but they're not like shoe-ins, right? When, when Bronco Mendenhall left, it was like, listen, if you get Kalani Sitake or Ken Matalolo, you're good on either of those fronts, right? If you already got Kalani. And uh, it took a couple of years, but here we are. It's going really, really well. It's interesting to see the next couple of years, yeah, what happens. Because technically, like, BYU doesn't have to – do something new for Kalani. He's under contract to 25, but it it is a show of good grace for you've 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 proven yourself on a power five heavy schedule. Let's give you even more money. Let's get you up to Big 12 money now uh, as a show of good faith so that you aren't enticed to go somewhere else. That's the move here. He technically doesn't have to do anything. But then Kalani would be like, well, do you you have to renew uh, love constantly. In friendships, in marriage, you have to show you can't just be stagnant. So BYU can't be stagnant with Kalani. That's why they have to make a move here. I know technically they don't, but technically, uh, you know, my spouse doesn't have to stay with me if I just stop showing uh, forth, you know, uh, affirmations of love in different ways. So BYU's got to do something with Kalani. It sounds like they are. It sounds like it's close. Who knows? Uh, hopefully, this is something that happens soon. But Kalani obviously isn't getting the Oregon job. There's no smoke there. It doesn't feel like there's any other jobs that are super enticing at this point uh, for Kalani to, to interview with. So feels like we're good. Just BYU just, just, just needs to publicly affirm Kalani with an extension. And then he wants to be here. Like, this isn't the first time we're going to do this if BYU wins 10-plus again. You have to do it every year that happens. Just know that's how the game works. I cannot emphasize how important it is 
and how beneficial it is to have Kalani Satake, of all people, helping BYU transition into the Big 12 because of, and I said this earlier this week, what he went through personally at Utah with Kyle Whittingham. He was the defensive coordinator when Utah made the jump to the Pac-12. And he knows all about the difficulties and the struggles and the incredibly difficult learning curve that existed when Utah made that jump. Which will be a bigger jump than what BYU will go through. Right. Yeah, it's because, not as steep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And But it would make it steeper if you don't have the head coach that's there that has experienced something like that. He just is such a smooth bridge to that gap for BYU because of the increasingly difficult independent schedules. He's dealt with that. He's been at Utah. He saw all that with Kyle Whittingham, and now he can say, all right, I, I know what to expect. Here are the additional staff members I need. we got to strengthen up the uh, recruiting situation. We need more people there. We need more strength and conditioning staff. We need more nutrition staff. Which, this is part of the deal, too. Like, before BYU gets to the Big 12, during the yes. first couple BYU probably needs to beef that up. Now, BYU typically doesn't spend the money before. They spend it, like, when it happens, right? So, like, the, BYU operates financially just a little bit different, and, and, and the church. It's not like, yeah, we'll just build an annex, and then we'll uh, pay for it after. Sure. No, no, no. BYU raised all the funds, then built the annex. So I wonder if BYU does that here with this staff, because BYU's not going to get the, the full share of TV money um, until what? year Is it year three, I think, right? BYU, we, what did we learn? BYU gets 50% of the first two 50% years or something like that? 50% of the first like two years, Bob Bowlesby told us that. Yeah, so BYU's not going to have the full allotment of that money until 25, and we don't know what that TV contract is like without Oklahoma and Texas. Hey, but so. hey, $18 million a year at 50% is a significant amount and more than BYU's getting right now. So $9 mil, we don't, I don't know what BYU's getting. Is BYU getting 6 Are they getting 8 I don't know. So it might not be that big of an increase, right? If it's 8 it's $1 mil. I. I wonder if BYU will spend the money. Before. No, no, sorry, it's thirty-six million per Big Twelve school. Okay, so it'd be, so it'd be 18, eighteen million starting in twenty-three and twenty-four. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's a big chunk. Is BYU willing to spend the money now, get those staffers in place before? That'd be a different right. Um, that goes against the ideology. Model. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To your point, yeah. BYU raises the funds and then they raise the funds to take care of these buildings for like a decade after, too. Like, like at what point does BYU feel like in the Big Twelve, and maybe never, because we're st- kind of still at this point in some spaces, is hey, we have to do more with less. Well, why? If you're getting the TV money finally that is competitive with the other Power Five conferences, why do you have to do it with less? Don't you have enough? to actually hire those and pay the assistance at the level that you need to. I'm not talking about paying them at Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State level. No, no, no. We will never do that. Salt Lake could do it if they wanted. They choose not to. It is what it is, right? Um, for, for better or worse, whatever. You could be on uh, either side of that. I get it. But when you have that TV money, okay, now what? What's the excuse now? No, go do it. I, I believe BYU will do it. And I'm it. confident that BYU I, yeah. will pay at least at the median rate of your average Power 5 college football coach. Not, I'm not talking about the head coach. I'm talking about the staff. Like okay. The support staff, the assistants, the, the nutrition, the strength and conditioning, the recruiting. Like I, I don't want to hear the phrase again once BYU is getting full Power 5 money. Well, we have to do more with less. Why? Why? That's a I, fair I, question. I don't want to hear that sentence again. But are they willing to do it two to three years in advance of receiving that full increment of TV money 
from yeah. a Power Five conference. So, it, so if I doubled my salary, different. it's fair for my wife to expect us to have a nice, a few nicer yes, things. Yes, sure. Not, not, not spend crazy. That's not what I'm but saying. But you're not going to get it until 2023. So, are you okay spending now, knowing that it's going to arrive in 2023? Yeah, like in 23, BYU at a minimum should increase that. I would hope. Interesting. Once you get that conversation. money, conversation. Yeah, I understand the church and BYU's financial philosophies. I think it's super sound. They operate in the in the black, right? Which is which is great. That's awesome. It's worked for BYU. But once you get more money, let's get the staff to compete at the highest level. Well, hey, you've been doing with that without it. Well, barely. It's been one year, normal year, where BYU's done that. If we want to sustain this, we need to do something foundationally different. Sure. And we would be naive to assume that the coaching staff will look exactly the same just because Kalani Satake is getting extended. BYU's been so good that assistant coaches are undoubtedly being looked at for other openings across the country. We'll see. I love that. That needs to happen. We'll see what happens, but... Again, let's let's not be naive that way. <laughs> if you're Alabama, are you ticked every other coordinator leaves? No, you're happy you won the national championship, and that's the cost. Come on. Our question of the day, would extending Kalani Satake be the biggest win of the year for BYU football? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Nick Lee answers on Twitter. Number one has to be BYU being invited to the Big 12. Yeah. That's bigger than any one individual in the football program. We have agreed with as much. Yeah, yeah, no no question. It's definitely a close second, though. Yeah, it's whether it beats the Utah game. Hashtag BYUSN. That's the discussion, yeah. All which, right. It's a very abstract discussion, which is perfect for December 10th, the week before the bowl game. Coming up, Zach versus Taysom on Sunday. Who to root for? And my one-on-one conversation with one of the newest All-American football players for BYU football, Clark Barrington. How did he find out he got that? And do people get him confused with his brother Campbell? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tomorrow, BYU Hoops takes on Creighton in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Coverage begins on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We are live in Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. This morning, I had a chance to speak with one of BYU football's newest All-American recipients, a second-teamer on the Action Network All-America team, Clark Barrington, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation All-Access. Clark, how does it feel to be an All-American BYU football player? Yeah, um, you know, I'm just grateful for for the opportunity to play here and, and show my talents and, and be able to ball out with with all my buddies on the team and so you know it feels good and and I'm grateful for for that award and and hopefully there's more to come so we'll see. It's nice that the offensive linemen get a nod every once in a while because I think that by nature you just go largely underappreciated which brings up a bigger question. Do you guys as a collective unit deserve more credit for what Tyler Algier is doing or is it all about Tyler? You know I, I think that's the you know the the job description, you know, as an alignment, you know, you go out there, you grind, you do your work and, and it goes unnoticed. And, and 
us as alignment we're we're fine with that and and we're we're really happy giving all that glory to to Tyler Algier and and we're happy for all of his success and everything he's going through and he he's a baller and it's not like it's not like we're just showing out and he, he he's not performing he's he's a baller there's there's plays where he goes out there and and breaks tackles and and does his thing and and the, the run was made by him and then there's times that we, that we throw up some good blocks and and then we spring him loose. So, so it's a good balance there, but, but Tyler's a baller as, as well as, as the line. So the ever humble all American Clark Barrington is with us on BYU sports nation. If you had a pitch to Tyler to come back for one more season, what would you say to him? You know, I don't know what else I would say to him because I've already uh, given him all the, <laughs> the pitches I have to, to make him stay here. So, you know, fingers crossed that, that he'll come back for another season and we'll, we'll continue this ride together. So, You and Tyler and the rest of the team are preparing for the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. It is snowing currently outside, so I'm sure bowl prep is interesting. Obviously moved inside the indoor practice facility, but how are bowl preparations coming along? Yeah, they're, they're going good. Um, you know, we've had some good, solid practices and and a lot of physicality, and, and we're just excited and, and ready to, to go out and, and play in Shreveport against a great team. So, Which of your position groups, or maybe there's a specific teammate or two, would be most likely to suggest practicing in the snow? Yeah, um, I think it would, I would have to give that one to the D-line. You know, so some of those guys have a few screws loose, and so they'd be the most willing to go practice out in the snow and I'd probably give it to, to Tyler Batty personally as well. So <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. When you said a few guys have some screws loose, I wondered if Tyler's name would pop up in there. What's it like to practice against him? Oh, man, it's fun. He's a good dude, and, and you know, every day, you know, he, he's going to show up and, and grind and practice hard and, and have fun doing it. And so it's, it's a good time going up against that guy. We're talking with Clark Barrington on BYU Sports Nation. He is an All-American. In fact, how did you find out about that news? Walk us through that whole process when you became aware that you were on that list. Um, To be honest, it was once BYU football posted the photo of me. <laughs> so it was It was just said, hey, BYU football tagged you in this post. I pulled it up, and it was, it was the All-American honor. So <laughs> it was surprising, and, and that, that's how it happened. But Ah, uh, tis the day and age of social media reveals. We know yep. all about yep. it, my friend. You, <laughs> you mentioned the great team that you're preparing to play, uh, Alabama-Birmingham. It is not a New Year's Six game. BYU was right on the cusp of that. It's understandable that there would be some disappointment based on the season that you guys had. So how do you get mentally right after not just, I mean, just missing the New Year's Six, but now going to the Independence Bowl? For sure. You know, that New Year's Six is always the goal every year, and that's what we strive for. You know, but it didn't happen, and so we've all had, you know, kind of reality check, and, and hey, we're, you know, we're still blessed to go play another game, and, and that's in Shreveport, and against UAB and, you know, and, and they're a solid team, you know, watching film on them and, and scouting them out. There's, they, they got some solid dudes out there. And so it's going to be a good game and, and we got to prepare just like all the others. And so that's, that's our mindset going into this. Thing. What do you know about their team after film review? Uh, we know that they're going to, you know, give us our best shot. You know what I mean? They, they got a bunch of big dudes out there heavy dudes and, and athletes. And so, 
you know, when you got that mix, it's never going to be an easy game. So we got to prepare just like any other game we had this year. So, Do you anticipate uh, more run blocking or more pass blocking for the bowl game, Clark? We'll see. Whatever, whatever they call, we'll do it. So we'll see what happens. Oh, that's a good answer, my friend. You're not going to tip your yeah. cap. That's, that's fantastic. That's a no. veteran move right <laughs> there. Um, bowl, bowl swag is always a fun topic. How much do players talk about or think about the prizes and the accolades that come along with the bowl? For sure, you know that's all. That, that's the bonus that that, that comes with uh, you know a good season and making a bowl game. And so we're always talking about that. And and today I think we get to pick out our swag and, and what we want. So we're all excited for that. So I want to know about the health of the offensive line because it's been attrition basically for every position group on this team, but just who who is yeah. good enough and healthy enough to show up week to week. So that's what's nice about bowl season is you have a little bit of extra time to get healthy, but have you had enough time to get healthy on the offensive line as a unit? For sure. I, I think we have. Uh, you know, We do have some of the guys that, that have been out in the past get, getting back and getting some reps in at practice and and they're starting to feel good again so i think i think we'll have a, a good bunch um on the trip and and ready to play so we love the brothers barrington here on byu sports nation and we make it a point to never confuse your names between you and campbell but how often do people mix up those names yeah, it's pretty often, you know, even even my my parents, my mom, you know, especially when we were younger, getting into trouble, she's yelling at us, hey, Clark, no, Campbell, no. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it happens, and, and we respond to both, and, and so it's just a part of life nowadays. Does that happen with Coach Funk, too? Clark, I mean, Campbell, come on. Uh, not too much. Campbell's nickname is, is Junior with Coach Funk, so he's able to keep those those straight every now and again, so. Fantastic. Well, uh, we yep. wish you and Junior the best as you continue your bowl preparations <laughs> and uh, enjoy some good food. We hear that the food in Shreveport is amazing, the Cajun Creole, the Tex-Mex. So I I'm yep. sure as the offensive lineman, you can find your way to some good food, right? For sure. I'll have to be uh, Googling some good places to go to eat. Yes, that is your homework assignment. Not that you need any more homework yep. as you're taking care of finals. <laughs> uh, Clark, congratulations again on the All-American Honor. You. We appreciate the time. Fantastic season, and we'll see you in Shreveport. Thank you. Appreciate it. See you later. Clark Barrington, one of the very talented members of an overly talented BYU offensive line that, frankly, I am extremely excited about next year. And the prospect of Tyler Algier coming back for one more year, running behind that offensive line, that makes that 2022 schedule seem a little less daunting. Oh, if that happens, it changes the entire season by like a game, maybe a game and a half. I mean, Tyler's that good. If uh, if you had just played me Clark's uh, voice and that was it and had me guess which uh, sport he played, I would guess hockey. Oh, okay. He sounds like a hockey player to me. <laughs> hockey. Yes, not not that extreme, but the rhythm of, uh, you know, what he says and the laugh and the cadence and the light heart. Yeah, he's funny. Coming up. The latest Joe Lenardi Bracketology reveals some things. Plus, we told you about BYU and the fan base being ranked one of the 20th or 20 rudest fan bases in America. Take it with a grain of salt. It's a Michigan website. But can BYU be better in that ranking, Jeremy? <laughs> what is better? This look, is BYU Sports Nation. Look at these guys. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. 
Join myself, Tyler Hawes, and uh, Jim Fredette tomorrow on Twitter Spaces after the BYU versus Creighton game. Join us on the BYU Sports Nation Twitter. Twitter Spaces is like a it's like a live audio podcast. So just be on BYUSN, uh, you know, be on Twitter at the end of the game. You'll see it pop up. Join the conversation and hang out with uh, Jim or Tyler and myself. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get fabulous content throughout the day, you can follow us on all of the social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. We are blessed with a Taysom Hill versus Zach Wilson matchup this weekend in the NFL. So who are you cheering for? Yes. Correct. I'm cheering for yes. Yes. I can't pick one or the other. I love both of those guys. They're both so different as players in the NFL and quarterbacks, but I can't pick one. I I hope that both play well, that both have little to no turnovers, and that it's a high-scoring madness type of game. May their bodies be nourished and strengthened. Yes. uh, And that they can do the good that they need on and off the field. Yeah, hopefully it's a fun game. Uh, Jets stink, so probably not. But the Saints aren't playing too well either. Uh, Yeah, hopefully both have like uh, 17 touchdowns. That would be good. Zach Wilson was the NFL Rookie of the Week for the second time. Yes. Not sure what that's worth, but he played well, especially in the first half. We'll see what happens against the Saints. I'm telling you, Zach should have mailed it in on his pro day. Instead, he's on the Jets. (laughs) Could have been on the Patriots with Mac Jones. College basketball insider Jeff Goodman. No longer has BYU in his Goodman Top 25. BYU was 23rd on Sunday. They just beat Utah State. Jeremy, is this an overreaction to have BYU drop out? Did Jeff forget about BYU? I'm wondering if he did. One loss to UVU sets you back. BYU's 8-1. You lost to UVU, but you go on the road, you beat Missouri State, and then you just beat a Top 50 Ken Palm team in Utah State. Maybe because Oregon stinks and San Diego State's good, but not great enough. Perhaps. Maybe that's why. But to go from like seven to out in what a week and a half, and you're eight and one. Yeah, it's like it's not like you always stinks. Eight and one, man. Let's go. I I think this is not an overreaction, but an oversight on Jeff Goodman's mm. part. Yes. Okay. Oversight. Okay. Oversight committees aren't they fun? <sighs> a poll done by Play Michigan ranked as we mentioned. BYU fans is the 20th worst behaved fan base in college football. <laughs> Does BYU need to, quote unquote, improve on this ranking? What is improvement? Like, well, higher, like up like, to number one? <laughs> but BYU that, would that never be one. That means you're worst behaved? <laughs> yeah. BYU would never be one. You'd have to win a natty and just shove it in everyone's face. Oh, first of all, I think this poll is garbage. Yeah, it's nothing. Garbage poll. Uh, I do yeah, not we brought that, it in the show. So I do not, not think that, that BYU is one of the. <laughs> 20 uh, most ill-behaved fan bases in the country. So, uh, no, where, BYU doesn't need to improve on this? on this ranking. Play Michigan needs to get a new poll. My dad just texted me, great show again today. Dad, the show's not over. Yeah, yeah. where's Michigan? Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Michigan is not on this list. Hmm. hmm. And okay. it's at the Ohio State. All right. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care about this list. Who cares? But we cared enough to put it in the program. Oh, yes. It's ridiculous. It's content. Mm -hmm. And it is content. It's ridiculous (laughs) content. Daily show. That's what we do. The NCAA has banned the quarterback fake slide. Yeah. After Pittsburgh's Kenny Pickett used it in the ACC championship game of all places on a memorable 54-yard touchdown run that really kind of put Pittsburgh in the driver's seat. 
Is that an overreaction by the NCAA to take away the fake slide? No, I think that's a that's a tough play because the linebackers and the safeties are giving up. You have to give up by rule. Yes, so no, they got to get rid of that. I am uh, Pickett's a Heisman finalist, by the way, and the fact that he didn't tear his ACL in that moment. Have you watched? Yes, it's that? super it's weird. So weird. Yeah, I, I think for safety, you need to get rid of that. Yeah, I agree. This is the appropriate and correct decision by the NCAA. A Mark rare, that down. A rare Mark that down somewhere because we haven't said those words often. Only when there was a pandemic and they gave eligibility. Yes. That's, that's the, the only, only other time I can think ever of. Other na- every, All right. Ever nailed. Maybe granting an immediate transfer to players, but even that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Anyway, it, it hasn't happened often. It's the right call. And Kenny Pickett tweeted out yesterday, I changed the game. It's true. <laughs> you true. did change the game, Kenny. Was making the Sweet 16 good enough for BYU women's volleyball? Man, I hate to answer this question because the Sweet 16 is elite company. And there are 300-plus Division I women's volleyball programs. It's so difficult to be consistently in the Sweet 16. But this team felt like an Elite 8 team, Jerem. They had five match points against Purdue didn't close the deal. And so that's going to sting. It's going to sting the girls. It's going to sting the coaching staff. And it certainly stings throughout the fan base. This team was Elite Eight good. And they proved it yesterday until they couldn't close it out with five match points. So it, it, I, I think they had something left in the tank. Yes. Uh, the season was amazing. It was but incredible. It, but they, I, I said early in the year they were Elite Eight good. So... They are Elite Eight good. They underachieved by not closing the deal yesterday. This team is Elite Eight good. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, didn't go to the Elite Eight, but it doesn't mean we didn't enjoy the season no. or celebrate it. It's just, it's like, shoot, this team was good enough to go to the next round. And I especially wanted it for Kenzie Kerber. Oh! And Kennedy Eschenberg and Heather oh, Hiding. Oh, man. And all of them, yeah. I just appreciate Taylor Hefo, who put a screw in her hand so she could keep it. Yes. Playing. They sacrificed so much. Broke her hand, yeah. We love that team. We love that staff. Yep. Bummer for them. We're super bummed. That's all it comes down to. All right. On to another high-level BYU women's sport, BYU women's basketball. Four seed in the latest bracketology, that according to women's bracketologist Charlie Cream on ESPN. Jerem, they've already achieved the highest ranking in program history, number hang, 16 hang in the banners, AP poll. Spencer. Okay. Number 16 in the AP poll. They're a four seed in bracketology. Will it get better than this for BYU women's hoops? It could. This team's good enough. I, I think, uh, as Michael Jordan said, the ceiling is the roof, Spencer. Uh, th- this team, to me, this team is good enough to climb into the top ten. They're they're good enough. Um, they and they have some tough games to prove it. Oklahoma, Washington State, and then uh, you kind of get into conference play in January. So I was going to say they've got a couple of opportunities left in non-conference that they have to take care of if they do want to improve on this. Yeah. Because the WCC right now is a one-bid league, and BYU is that team, according to Charlie Cream. So if there's not a ton in conference to make an impression on, Gonzaga's a little bit down because they graduated so much talent, then it probably feels like a three seed and like a number 10-ish ranking, probably as high as it goes. But that, <laughs> that's amazing. I'd take a top six seed right now, for sure. Yes. BYU's typically coming in like 10 or 11 seed. EA Sports announced it's releasing a new college football game in 2023. Are you more excited about that or the first year of the Big 12? Uh, I'm more excited about the first year of the Big 12. But I do think it's interesting that the football game 
the video game rather, is going to be released in 2023. Just in time for the Big 12. So it's the best of both worlds. BYU as a, an official member of the Big 12, and that will happen in college football 2023, the video game. That's amazing. You can always just put them in there. Can you change conferences? Can you do I, I that? I think you can manipulate that maybe or just make your schedule the Big 12 schedule. Yeah, I don't think I can do it on NCAA football 2014, which was the last year. You can do it on 99 if you press uh, triangle, <laughs> there a code? R2, and their cheat code yeah. to be able to maneuver and conferences. Yeah, no, it's the Big 12 actual life. Okay, you can make custom schedules, but no, I don't know if you can no, change conferences. I'm more excited about real life than Sim City. Yeah, okay. for sure. <laughs> You mean you don't believe in that? Uh, I never actually played SimCity. National championship, the BYU basketball one in simulations? Okay, Jerry. We Jaren. hung a banner on the Merit Center digitally. As I continue to scour the web for nuggets related to BYU sports, yeah. I stumbled upon this thanks to my sister, Lindsay. Okay. A Christmas album by Reba McIntyre, a movie, okay? Featuring what looks exactly like Bronco Mendenhall. It does look like Bronco Mendenhall. <laughs> he's, been, he's been busy the last couple weeks. We know Bronco has many talents. Are we sure this is not him with Reva McIntyre? Well, when he hung it is up. the real reason he's leaving? We thought maybe it was like to go on a mission or something. But no, it was to be in a Christmas movie, which is pretty crazy. I really like his shirt. <laughs> it's... I, again, I don't know if it's an album or a movie. I think it's a movie. But even if it's an album, is that Bronco Mendenhall? Can it be both? It can be Renaissance both. Man, Bronco. And he's just and he's just doing this yeah. on the Hallmark. <laughs> Coming up, double down picks. Can I keep the lead uh, at like thirteen or whatever it is? Oh, so much pressure on you to do so. Tons of pressure. We mentioned the bracketology projection numbers for the BYU men and women already. Hard not to put the blue goggles on and wonder. What's next? Oh. We'll discuss it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Be with us next Wednesday. It's signing day for football. They have an early one in December. They have one in February. They do most of the signing in December now. Join us for BYU Sports Nation. Same time, same place. BYU TV, BYU Radio, noon Eastern, next Wednesday on BYU Sports Nation. Can't wait for that. The NCAA is pushing to remove the early signing period in December and push it back to at least January, if not to the original day. It's always been the first Wednesday of February. I don't understand why they have it on the heels of the season. Why wouldn't you give them time to get out and recruit? Like, why do we have December at all? I don't know. Why not just do it? Which is probably why they're discussing it (laughs) and likely to move it back. Maybe a reverse flow there and just eliminate December. I like it in December, though. So from an entertainment standpoint. It's just more content. But, but it makes more sense logistically to push it to February. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Now more bracketology talk because, yes, it's December and both BYU basketball teams are rolling right now. We're going to yeah. focus on the men specifically and their side of the bracket. Joe Lunardi has BYU as a six seed. Four different West Coast Conference teams in, Jerem. <laughs> None of those four in Dayton in the opening round. All four were first what round a, buys. What a win! Yes! Okay. And BYU playing six different tournament teams that are in the projected field, plus two teams in the first eight out, Utah State and San Diego State, just outside of Lenardi's bracketology. What's the most impressive part of everything that I just told you? That he has San Francisco in. I don't believe San Francisco will make the NCAA tournament. And not even just in. 
but not one of the first four. Like, yeah, they're, they're, in, they're, in. they're an 11th seed, seventh in. So Buies uh, is six, St. Mary's a ten, Gonzaga one, obviously still. USF uh, seventh in, eleventh seed. WCC with more than the Pac-12 and American with four at this point. Um, it's it's cute that San Francisco is you know they're doing great work. They're ten and zero. They're having an, an amazing start. I just don't believe when the dust settles that San Francisco will actually be in the NCAA tournament. Now that would be awesome if San Francisco stays this good. They won't. If they stay this good. That would really help BYU. Like, really, really, really help BYU. Because we've been like, all right, Gonzaga's going to boost BYU's resume. If BYU somehow gets a win against Gonzaga, huge win. That opportunity is awesome. Get used to that because in the Big 12, there will be like four to six of those kind of games a year, which is crazy. St. Mary's is back. Like, they're turning good. They're, they're really good. They returned everybody from last year that stunk, but they are much improved. Excited for those games. San Francisco could really boost BYU's resume. Uh, will the game in San Francisco be a bigger game than we thought before the season? Yeah. I'm not saying San Francisco can't beat BYU per se. I'm just saying, in the end, this is really fun for San Francisco in December. The fact that four West Coast Conference teams are in right now and none are playing in Dayton in the opening round is the most interesting little tidbit. But I'm not ready to call it impressive because it's so early. The thing that is most impressive to me is that Mark Pope, once again, with an entirely turned over roster other than Alex Barcelo, it feels like, and a few other guys that came off the bench last year, has BYU pacing as a six seed once again six, and man. in the top 25. Six. Crazy. AB is the key to all that, by the way. We if he thought, didn't come back, yeah. BYU's maybe not even a tournament team. We, we said as much on the air that when Alex Barcelo decided to come back that, okay, now BYU is again in the tournament conversation. We think they're a tournament team with yeah. Alex Barcelo on the roster. No one thinks BYU's not a single-digit seed right now. You know what I mean? Right, but we, didn't, we weren't sure like, if BYU was just going to sneak in because, well, what in the world – or are they going to put around Alex Barcella? What other pieces could they add? And they bring in Seneca Knight. They bring in T. John Lucas. They bring in Fusini Traore. They've got Atiki Ali Atiki. And BYU is doing so. They're a projected 68-1 without Richard Harward and now without Gavin Baxter. That, to me, is the most impressive thing. That BYU is there even with two major injuries and a roster that looks nothing like it did last year. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, bracket Matrix, the earliest we've ever gone to it. I just pulled it up. Bracket Matrix. 29 brackets, BYU's a six as well. So there you go, as of a week ago. Boy. We're, so that included the UVU loss. We're getting into Bracket Matrix early this year. Why? Because it's fun. Because football is in it. not playing until next week. That's why. <laughs> and soccer and volleyball. We need to get into teamrankings.com, too, and see what BYU is projected as there. These are, these are all of the things that we typically discuss January through March. But why not in December when BYU basketball is pacing for something special? Okay. No, so I'm looking it up. <laughs> Does teamrankings.com think the WCC is as good as Joe Lenardi says that the West Coast Conference is? Or as my uh, friend Aaron Walichko at the WCC offices calls it, the Best Coast Conference. The Best Coast Conference. <laughs> Maybe they didn't even have the bracketology or the team rankings metrics out yet. It's so early. That's the thing. It's so unique that we are here. BYU is a six seed in these major college basketball prognosticators' rundowns, and we still have three months. We're not even in a conference yet, Jerem. What else are they going to do? 
We're not in the conference yet. Okay, 76% chance to make the tourney from team rankings. Okay. Most likely seed seven. So, yeah, six or seven is what you know multiple sources now are saying, which is super exciting. BYU's got to keep it up, though. You have Creighton, uh, good game. That's quad two. Hopefully that becomes quad one later. Weber State is – Weber State's uh, quad one right now. Pacing to be a really good game. Will Weber State stay in the top, 70, top 75? We hope that's quad two. You know, you know what Weber State is better than? Oregon and San Diego State, according to Quad. Wow. Crazy, right? Weber State lost for the first time this week. Yeah. Yeah, go go, uh, go, Wildcats. Let's go. Yeah, it's so far so good for BYU. Looking good. Ken Palm, top 25 in the AP poll. Let's go, man. Net, All right. Net 20 today. Let's go. we got to get to our double down picks at some point, right? <laughs> hey, let's not leave the women out of this. They are a four seed. Uh, Gonzaga sixth out right now, by the way. In four, a four seed. That's amazing. And we just talked about, do they have room to get better? Hopefully, yeah. hopefully if they there's keep winning, yeah. there's, there's room to move up. Be a top 10 team in women's basketball. And this team's three, good enough. They have all seed? the pieces. Now we're talking about advancing deep now, into the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16, good. Let's go. That's the, that's the women's hoops projection from, from me. All right. Okay. What is coming up on the show as I scroll down? Uh, rise a shout-out to an old man. Wait a second. And after giving Jeremy an impressive head start, I now begin my double-down pick rally. said that a couple weeks ago, too. I'll begin it again. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. It's all good. We can always be better, Spencer. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod, subscribe, rate, review. Let's get to double down. Big game Saturday for BYU men's basketball against Creighton in South Dakota. Not by the Black Hills, as we have learned, but on the other side of the state, closer to Omaha, Nebraska. Well, Provo's by Canyonlands, right? <laughs> Here's how Double Down works. We each give two predictions about the game. Each one we get correct is worth a point. If you get both correct, you get a bonus point for a total of three points. I think I should be explaining that to you, right? Shut it. <laughs> Current standings, Jerem with 18 points. And um, <clears throat> the rest, again, don't matter. I have five. Our guests have yeah, a combined you're, four. You're competing with guests at this oh, point. Guest guests. doesn't even pick. Hasn't been my year that way, for sure. It's okay. Okay, lead us off, Jerem. BYU will make eight or more threes, averaging seven, coming off the game with the 11. I think BYU hits a higher number than it does normally. Number okay. two, BYU's top three scores, Barcelo Lucas Johnson will account for... 39 points or fewer. They're averaging 39.9. I think this is a game with some of the other players who contribute in a way that's a higher average. Uh, they'll be under the average because the team will support them a little more. Okay. Can't wait for you to get 21. <laughs> Number one. Four different BYU players will make a three-pointer. We have documented well that Alex Barcelo and Spencer Johnson have been awesome from the three-point line yeah. and not much else. Trevin Nell had a little bit of a breakout. little bit. He made three threes in the first half, baby. T. John Lucas awesome. knocked down a couple of shots from outside. I'm hoping on the road, and this is because there are four different three-point lines in that arena, that at least four different weird. players will make a three-pointer for BYU. 
So four different BYU players will make a three-pointer. Doesn't feel super aggressive, but I, I'm don't, not. Don't I'm, even I'm, give I'm me not, that. I'm not. I'm trying to. I'm trying to make this come. <laughs> <laughs> Your reaction tells me everything there. My second pick. <laughs> BYU averages 76 a game, right? Yeah. They're going to score 40 points at least in the second half. Uh, that, that's pretty aggressive. I like that. Okay. I like that. So one not so aggressive, one aggressive. Mm-hmm. And both will be that's wrong. That's where you need to live, probably. Both will be wrong. <laughs> all good. All good. <laughs> all good. It's just a game. It's all good. It doesn't matter. Uh, okay. No one shit. Well, here's the thing. We did say the loser shaves their head. No, no. We didn't say that. But there may be, oh, we didn't? There may be a new reward for the winner. Oh, nice. We are yet to you reveal. never bring up May unless it actually is. This. Well, I'm not sure when it's going to happen, Poorly so alert. that's why it's May. Like At some point, there will be a reward for these games. You need to throw some balls in the dirt there sometime. We just don't know if it's going to be for this game. We need to throw some balls in the dirt, me- meaning, hey, the show might go to two hours or something. It may, but it's not. We have no intention of it. Our elite <laughs> voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This comes not from our question of the day but from something that was discussed yeah, earlier. At Cougar great. Stats, adding to our conversation about the Love West Coast it. Conference men's basketball slate. He says, It's time to update the key conference game reference as St. Franzaga games. Oh, is it time? Because it's, they're 10-0 and top 30 in net? And no all longer just St. Zaga. It's St. Franzaga. Okay. We're saving time here. Efficiency. Let's go. We're implementing that. That's Let's a go. Great suggestion, Cougar Stats. Thank you. Elite voice. Congrats. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Taysom versus Zach will be fun. And then uh, you are going over the hill tomorrow. Congratulations. What, what qualifies as over the hill again? Don't answer that question. 40. <laughs> 40 years old. You're so old. So much for keeping Happy birthday age. tomorrow, man. <laughs> No games, no games tomorrow to call. Just enjoy it. Happy birthday. Yeah, and then you'll be in Shreveport. Then. Our thanks to today's guest, Clark Barrington. Sorry to Dennis, no time. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Andy Toulson. We'll see you tomorrow on Twitter Spaces following the BOA Creighton game. Go Cougs. Happy birthday, Spence.